Hey guys, thanks for listening to the College Age Movement Podcast. This week we are in our fifth and final week of the series, Loveology. And this week we had a panel of people, including Greg and Aaron McCall, uh, come in and just talk about some things that they felt like the Lord had impressed upon them a few weeks ago when they spoke at College Age. So would you tune in and listen, and we hope that you get so much out of this week's conversation. I get, I get the wireless one. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'm a real um, boy. I got no strings. I'm the only boy. It's because, I know. Whoa. A couple of your friends <laughs> are out there. They might jump. Greg likes to get up and run out into the crowd, so he gets this little walkway. You're going to have All to right. sideswipe it. And Think skinny, skinny thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> got it. Um, okay, so um, before we get started, I just want to introduce... Um, my little community of friends that do life together, we all do life together, and we just thought we would kind of come up here and just speak from our heart what God has kind of been talking to us in this season, and um, some things and some words we feel like he has um, just shared with us. So um, starting over here, this is Miss Don Hardy, and this is... <laughs> Thanks, Abby. Um, this is Deanne Carpenter. She... A long, long time ago, Brian Carpenter and Deanne Carpenter actually helped start College Age Ministries. So you are here today for the groundwork that they sowed many years ago. So how cool is that? Okay, if I haven't introduced myself, my name is Erin McCall. This is my hot, sexy husband, Greg McCall. Sorry, Abby. Last week we spoke, or last week, a couple weeks ago, we spoke on sex. So like, we're like, okay, wait, we're not talking about that today. Something a little bit different. Yeah, we're talking about self-love. No, don't go there. Do oh. not. Do not. See? Always wants to make a joke. Hey, you know, Evan, before we came up, he goes, hey, did you want that marker board? I go, you going to let me have a marker board twice? He's like, eh, no, good point. So, no marker board, guys. Sorry. This is my friend Alicia Swady and Kristen Steingraber. Okay. So we're, we're kind of up here, and we're just going to chat. We just want to sit like we're in a living room, and we're just chatting. So we're going to interrupt each other. We're going to just talk over the top of each other maybe a little bit and just have like we're just sitting here having a conversation. But before we do that, um, my friend Don is going to just pray over us before we get started. So, Okay. Um, when I was thinking about coming tonight and asking God what... Um, what was on the agenda. I feel like I got this verse, um, Matthew fifteen thirteen, And Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. And I love the passion version even more. It says, Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly father didn't plant is destined to be pulled up by the roots. And I just love that word destiny. So Lord, if you just bow your heads, um, Lord, we just ask tonight that destiny is at stake for these these kids this generation and what you have for them lord a lie cannot cannot stand in your truth if it's a truth that sets us free then it's a lie that keeps us captive so we just bind up every spirit and everything that does not bow the knee to your name lord and we just cast it out and we just ask for a truth that is like they have never heard right from your lips to their hearts tonight lord and i just pray that every 
truth about who they are and what they're made to be and their destiny and where their place is in this world is released tonight in this room. And we just invite you here and we just invite truth. And um, we just pray for hearts to be open and our hands are open to receive everything that you have for us tonight and for this generation and for a vision to be released and dreams to be fulfilled and just start stirring in the hearts. And we just thank you for this time and we love you, Lord. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Hardy. Um, Okay, so last time when we were here, uh, we had a couple questions afterwards, and that the same question kept coming up over and over again. And that question was, "I, I get that God forgives me, but how do I move past that? And how do I actually forgive myself? And how do I love myself? So we're gonna just talk about what it means to love yourself in a healthy biblical way and what it means to really walk in forgiveness that God has offered all of us. So um, let's just chat for a second. If you were going to tell me a little bit about a worldview of self-love, what would that look like? What do you hear out in the world just to view self-love? Anybody? Yeah, just shout it out. Uh, Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy, yeah. Don't, Don't worry if it makes anybody else unhappy as long as you're taken care of, huh? Yeah. Yes, take care of yourself first. Anything else? Pampering at some point. Yeah, pampering, pamper yourself. If you're not first, you're last. Mm. Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. Ooh, no seconds in this game, huh? Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> okay, I love, I love that. There's out here. <laughs> so... Um, we didn't word. get anybody from over here, though. I know. What's going there on was with one, the left side of the room? Somebody was thinking something, and they didn't say it. Oh, you were. Look, you got your finger right on your nose. No? You don't have anything about self-love. Okay. Come on. My daughter's really freaking out because she's right behind you. She thought I was pointing at her. So, sorry. I think you guys really hit it. It's very self-focused. Look out for number one. What do I want? What do I need? What do I deserve? And I think God kind of tr- wants to transform our thoughts on that a little bit and really... Um, talk to us about self-love, because I don't know about you guys, but growing up, even in the church, a lot of times you hear, love God, love people. And when it comes to really thinking about loving self, that's a awkward balance. Like, I'm supposed to not think much of myself. I'm supposed to be in a humble um, posture. And you you start to kind of lose what really self-love should look like in a biblical context. But if we break down what God says, all it is is we, God wants us to see ourselves like he sees us, right? He wants us to know our identity in him. So self-love really does begin with an accurate lens. So um, I had a dream not that long ago, and my brother and sister-in-law have a cabin on the other side of the state, and I was driving in my car to their cabin in my dream, and it was getting dark, and I knew I had to get there before it was dark, because I knew I wouldn't find my way, because there's all these curvy roads, and you have to turn, but as I was driving, I went through a bug, have you guys ever done that, where you just go through, all of a sudden, all these bugs just start hitting your windshield, and you can't see? Like a whole family you kill. Like, yeah. I killed a whole family. <laughs> Entire generation dies on your windshield. <laughs> I do that like once a week. You do. Yeah. Yeah. driving back from Harden. <laughs> so I'm driving, and as I'm driving, these bugs are just coating my windshield, and I, my wiper fluid won't work. And you know when you let it go on when there's no fluid, it just smears it, and you really can't see. And so I'm pulling over, trying to figure out how to clean off my lens, try to, try to clean off my windshield so I could see, and I woke up. And when I woke up, I felt like the Lord said, hey, Aaron, there's some 
things when you go through life that are getting thrown at you that are really clogging your vision. It's really clogging the lens that you're trying to see out of. And so I just kind of wonder if there's anything tonight, maybe you're sitting here and you can identify with maybe some things on your windshield. Like you're, you want to see yourself like God does, but there's things blocking that. Um, things like maybe someone's speaking something negative or what else things would be like blocking someone from seeing themselves. Do you guys think? I mean, just even like last time when we were talking, um, it, there were people that were saying, you know, my past experiences, things I've done, yeah, these guilts, I'm still, yeah, and, it's getting, yeah, right. it's getting in the way I can't, I can't get past it. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Bible talks about love your neighbor as yourself, but we, we don't know. I mean, what is Lord? Okay. Love the neighbor. Like I love myself. If, if I can't love myself, then how am I going to love anybody else? So we're going to just do some transforming of some minds that we're going to ask the Lord just to kind of refocus our thoughts on how he sees us. So I want you guys to close your eyes for just a second. And I'm going to read some things over you. And these are some things that God would be saying about who you are. And if one of these stirs up that it's very hard for you to believe that, then maybe just kind of slip your hands up. If you just think that is just not how I see God looking at me. Okay, um, you are his own special possession. You are chosen, handpicked by God who created the universe. You are treasured. You are irreplaceable. You are loved beyond compare. You are worth dying for. You are forgiven. You are his child. You are secured for all eternity. You are set free. You are so, so precious to him. Or you are set apart. How many people, just keep your eyes closed for just a second, how many people feels like when I read that, you feel like you can raise your hand and just say, Lord, there's just some things that those words were that I just can't accept, Lord. Yeah. So as I was worshiping, this isn't on my notes, so I'm going to go rogue here. As I was worshiping, um, you can open your eyes, Bailey Scott stands by the door and she goes, hey, give a word. I was like, oh gosh, okay. (laughs) But as I was worshiping, I really did feel like I saw words just hanging in this room and what that was to me is there's been words spoken over all of you in this room. Those might be words from parents, might be words from friends, might be words from enemies. Um, there's words that have really muddied up your windshield to see yourself like God sees you. And God is in the business of cleaning that windshield and repairing our vision so that we can see him. Um so I'm going to tell one more little story, and then Dawn's going to jump in. Okay, you tell, you tell it. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, do you want to go first? You go first. Should I go first? You go. go. I'm going to go first. 
Um, okay, while we're on topic of lens, this happened just this week, and so anyway, I got prompted. I knew I had to share. But we, we run a foundation, and we've got... Um, about 14 guys that work with us and they're all in their, you know, 18 to 20s. And there's one guy on our team, you guys. I'm just going to be honest with you. He is, he's the worst. I mean, I, I love him. Like, hear me say that. I, I do love him, but like, he's the worst. You know, he's got a terrible mouth. He is like always the first one to leave. He never stays to, I mean, I'm just saying, you name it, this this guy, this is just kind of what he walks in. And for the last three months, he's had this um, tennis elbow. And it, that's not funny. It's, pro it's probably true. He wore, he wore a brace. Yeah, but, but nonetheless, he couldn't row a boat. He couldn't rake anything. Like, he couldn't do nothing. But sure as heck did get a paycheck every single two weeks. So when it comes time for the year-end party, we have this, like, big celebration for all the guys, and he is bowling like a madman. Like, I'm talking nothing wrong with that elbow. Like, just strike, strike, strike. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, Lord, had up to here with this guy. But, um, but here's what happened. At the, the last dinner, or no, the, the breakfast on the last day, we have this, this giveaway for a fly fishing rod, but it's, it's really expensive. It's almost a $1,000 rod. And he's telling all the guys, like, God told me I'm going to get that rod. Like, I just, I'm going to get that rod. And I'm like, I don't know what that was, but it wasn't God because you are not getting that rod. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to, not for you. Like, 13 guys ahead of you, any of them can get it. You know, my heart and my lens is not right. And anyway, we come to the drawing and we're letting my little daughter Ruby um, pick the name. So she starts stirring it up and a couple names drop. And I was like, get those names in there. I do not want this guy getting the rod. Okay, three months of no work. He's not getting the rod. And, um... I am not kidding you. She pulls out his name. And I just get choked up because as soon as I heard it, I felt like I knew instantly, like, I had the wrong lens. You know, God's lens, no matter what we've done, no matter what you've done or didn't do, his lens is so generous and it's so gracious. And whatever I thought he was deserving of or not deserving of, I think he got that rod just so God could teach me a lesson. I'm not kidding. Because it was so clear in that moment, like, my lens has got to change. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So good. Anybody else on lens? Okay. Okay, so um, one more quick story, and then Don's going to share a little story with you also. Um, so I really believe that God talks in all sorts of different ways. He's speaking all of the time, which is so exciting when you are a Jesus follower because you're always wondering, okay, Lord, was that you? What's going on? But so we got a new puppy a couple weeks ago, uh, about a couple months ago now, and this puppy, hmm, I'm not sure I love this puppy at all. But this puppy is still getting housebroken, and it's, you know, having accidents. But so I go upstairs, and this puppy takes a giant crap right in front of my son Luke's room. And I was like, oh. And we have a thing in our family. Whoever sees it has to clean it up. So I'm not kidding you. My kids will like pretend like they don't see it and step right over the, I didn't see it, right over the top Guys, that's it. prophetic right there. You pretend like you don't see you the don't crap. You don't see the crap, yeah. but there's some crap. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to expose some crap. We're going to address that later, okay? <laughs> Circle back around to that. <laughs> I know. Okay, so we pick it up, and I don't think anything of it. And then I walk by the next day, and I'm like, 
right by Luke's room. I'm like, what is that smell? It smells like complete vomit. Like it was rancid. I'm like, nobody threw up. I'm like, what is this? So I'm squirting Febreze and doing whatever. I don't think anything of it. And I'm like, then the next couple days later, I walk upstairs again, and there is a giant, okay, we have three stories, you guys. My dog could crap wherever it wanted to. This exact same day, right in front of Luke's door again, I'm like, Lord, is there something that you're trying to tell me about this? So I feel um, like I'm just supposed to go into his room and just start praying. And so I get out my anointing oil, and I go into my son's room, and I just start praying for my son. And I said, Lord, is there anything that is going on that I need to know about with Luke? Is there anything hidden in darkness that needs to be brought to life? And I just start praying and interceding for my son. And um, what God kind of stirred up in me in those moments was that um, there were some mindsets, there were some ways that he was viewing himself that were really, really dangerous. And so that day, um, my son comes home. You guys, I don't even, I just, there was, the only reason I went into my son's room is because the dog had done its business right there. So anyway, I come home and my son goes, okay, I'm going off to my friend's house. And I said, wait, hold on. Let's just sit and snuggle and hear about your day. And the Lord is so good that he just starts telling me some of the things that he's been struggling with, some things, the secret battles in his mind. So what I want you to think about is, you know, your, your mind is this safe secret place that only you get access to, you and God, right? So we modify our behavior so we look like we're doing the right thing or so people watch us. But when it comes to our mind, it is a battle zone. And so my son was going into the privacy of his room with the door shut and the enemy was taunting him on how he viewed himself in his mind. And the enemy would whisper lies about my son's identity and who he was. And he would whisper things over and over again. And we had not a clue. And I wonder if there's anybody sitting in here going, oh, gosh, I, there is a battle in my mind. There is a lie that the enemy has been speaking over me. I don't know what that looks like for you, but... Um, there's a gal that I listened to that talks about taking that thought captive. That's been a big um, verse in our house. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretensions that set itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And those thought, what is like taking your, caps, your thoughts captive really look like? It's holding those thoughts prisoners and saying, God, is this from you or is this not from you? And that's a hard lesson to kind of walk through. But Deanne, I know, Don, that God had kind of, works on a lie that the enemy was speaking to you about that you kind of had to rethink about. Do you want to share your story? That was blah, blah, blah. That was good. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like I could talk for four hours on this because this is my story of um, just believing all the messages I was getting. But um, so I was at this point where I just felt like, God, do I even know anything? Like, I feel like I believe so many lies. And um, so there was this great idea I had that I was going to ask the Lord every day that um, he would just expose one lie. Like I can only really take one at a time these days because they used to just wipe me out. Like, so I was like, okay, let, let's do it. Let, let's just do this. And so this went on, you guys. I, this is about 12 years ago is when I started this, but it really hasn't stopped yet. And so, but, so, but I, but I just want to, like God knows how to speak to us in our language. I mean, there were some really heavy days, but I'm going to tell you, and started out light, like he's going to get you hooked. And this is how it started for me is, um, I was like, Lord, can you just tell me just, just one lie a day? So 
Um, now, this is a little TMI, but I think we can handle it. But, um, okay, when I was in high school, and I think it started in high school, like if I laughed too much or if somebody jumped out and scared me, I would pee my pants. And I would be, but not, not a ton, not, not a ton, no. Deanne, she's the worst. She's like, well, I peed. No, so anyway, so I would just be like, oh my gosh, what is gonna happen to me when I'm older? I'm gonna be one of those ladies, I'm gonna have to wear Depends. Like, I just played it so far forward, you know? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and everybody's laughing and I'm like kind of holding back and I was, oh geez, what's gonna happen when I have kids? And I mean, I just was like about that. Never even really thought two things about it, but um, so one day it was like after I started my, and I call it lie replacement therapy because once God exposed a lie to me, I, asked, I had to replace it with the truth. And so, um, so I was in my live replacement therapy at the beginning, and I'm at Costco, and I'm starting to look. I'm, I'm just cruising by an aisle, and I see Depends, and I and I start looking at the price, and I'm like, gosh, you know, that's just gonna be a booger, you know. I'm already, I'm practicing, you know, I'm I'm already like, do I need a budget for this, you know? And I'm starting, I'm 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 in my 30s. I'm in my, I mean, now you're probably like, yeah, old lady, you're like a couple years away. But at the time, I was very young, very young, and. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then right there, the Lord just said to me, I think that's called a lie. That's a curse. And then that verse came to my mind. Um, in the power of the tongue is blessing and curses and life and death and choose life. And I was like, oh, like it had never occurred to me that I was not going to wear depends. <laughs> I mean, that was like brand new information, you guys. And I was like, what? Like I have just took that in and that's just who I am. And, and I mean, and, and he just came for me in my language because he knew like, like this is not only a problem with the pence, like <laughs> we've got lots of problems. Like if I have any information, I might play it far, far forward in my future. And I'm not speaking blessings. I'm speaking curses. And he started just exposing all the different ways that I will take in some information, but I will make it the worst possible scenario, you know, later on. And um, so, but anyway, I, I have to say that um, this lie therapy has really um, transitioned now that, with my kids into our house where if we hear a lie or we think somebody's speaking a lie, um, we just say, break it off in Jesus' name. And then that's a spit because we pretend we're Jewish in our house. And I feel like Jewish people would do that. So... <laughs> And Jesus was Jewish, so I feel like it all works. And so if anybody's saying anything in our house at all, we'll just say, you know, absolutely, we all do it now. Like, it, it's a thing. Like, my kids come home, I, math is the worst. I'm never going to learn anything. Oh, stop, break that off in Jesus' name right now. You have the mind of Christ. You can do it, and, and you just go crazy, and you can go. But I mean, I try not to do it in front of my kids as friends as much. But, I mean, if it has to happen, it has to happen. Yeah. So, Don, anyway. you spit on all of us. <laughs> I have spit on almost every single person here. I'm not going to lie. I'm up. Okay, so I guess I get to I get to follow Don. Isn't Don the funniest person you've ever heard? Yeah. Oh my gosh! The first time we all hung out and she started spitting everywhere, I was like, "What is this lady all about? Is she Jewish?" I was just gonna ask if that was right after she talks like Grandma Margaret. Oh, can you do Grandma Margaret for us? Oh my gosh, Grandma Margaret's great. She smokes too. Kids, anyways, it's hilarious. Um, uh, Aaron asked me, um, to be the lone male, apparently. I thought, sweetie, I thought you were coming up here too now when you were here. Yeah, you. Well, you'll be praying later with us. All right. Uh, it, you know, because for you guys out here, um, the, what's going on up here with all these women expressing this stuff about, uh, 
you know, who God, the, you know, the, the image of that we accept of who we are that God's given us. From a female perspective to you guys, this may be very challenging. Remember, we might have talked briefly about this during the sex talk, that the female brain is one giant ball of wire and everything's connected, see? And um, that baffles men. <laughs> Because, you know, I saw Nate a minute ago. Nate, you're like, oh, what is that? I don't know. It's because we have, we, we have in the man brain, we have all these individual boxes. We've talked about this, guys. And each box has something special and unique in it. And we only, none of the boxes touch each other. And we only open one at a time, right? And because more than that, and some of, and, and this guys too, we have the special box in the middle called the nothing box. And you, yeah, you know it, right? Yeah, you're like, uh-huh, love that box. He's like, I live Open in that it box. Up. <laughs> I go there. My mom says, what you thinking? I say, nothing. <laughs> really, what you thinking? No, I swear to you. I'm in my nothing box. There's nothing happening in here. Now, I want you to keep that image right now in front of you, right? Especially you guys. Because, you know, I, too, uh, have spent a lot of my life buying into lies. And the thing is, the enemy wants to take you out. He wants you to buy into all of these lies so that you can be ineffective to do his work. And I didn't know that. Nobody told me that there was somebody out there trying to take me out. Uh, most of my life, I remember struggling with depression and anxiety and buying into a lot of little wounds that were inside of me where you start to think, you know, yeah, you're right. I am slow. I'm never going to be as good as her or as smart as him. I uh, certainly am. I'm not going to amount to anything. I couldn't possibly because uh, I don't have, I don't have it. I don't, I don't got what it takes. And um, that was it. It just kept coming back. And every time there'd be something that bad kind of came up in my life, it would just come back. Yeah, I told you so. Stupid. You're an idiot. I can't believe you actually thought for a minute there that you had it. Because you don't. You've never had it. And all those lies again and again in my head. And I would battle them and battle them. And there would be days where I'd have better days. And I could stand up and I could say, no, not today. But there would be a lot of times where I would spiral. And I'd get into funks. We, when I married Erin, we, we got to a spot where she could almost start to see sometimes these funks coming on. And I remember about, it's a little over about five years ago, we were camping one day. And I got myself into just a downward spiral about finances. I just, I couldn't do it. I don't have what it takes. I can't make this happen. You see what happens when the enemy starts to do that? He starts to convince you that you don't got what it takes. You can't do it. You can't, you're not going to function in God's kingdom because you don't got it. And, and that's what was going on around and around in my head. I don't got it. I don't got it. I don't got it. And I still wish I could tell you that I don't every now and again still struggle with these things. But something changed at that point in time about five years ago when Aaron said, you don't need to 
struggle with this anymore? Are you going to accept some of the truths in your life? And one of the truths was, I needed help. I couldn't keep trying to carry this by myself. And the thing that I want you to understand, we talked last night, and she said, I hope that you can, that there's a word you have on how do you combat that? How do you go to battle against all those lies, that anxiety, that fear that rises up inside of you? What do you do? And as I was praying this morning, I just said, God, could you please, please just show me exactly the word that these guys need to hear tonight? And how can you go to fight against those things? And, and the word that he gave me, I was reading my email right after lunch, and bam, wouldn't you know, as we're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving, the word he gave me was gratitude. I loved it, Jake, that you said that tonight, right at the top, man. It's gratitude, because there's a science behind gratitude. You know, when you start saying, here's this lie I'm taking in, I'm an idiot, I'm stupid, whatever that wound is that you're dealing with, whatever that box is, guys, that you have opened up right now, and you're spiraling, I suck. I'm not worth it. God doesn't really love me. When you bring in gratitude and you go, oh, you know what? I can be thankful for something. What could I be thankful for? I could be thankful for the blue sky today. Man, wasn't the sky nice today? I could be thankful for the fact that, God, you gave me these hands and I can do something with them. These are all right. I can be thankful for my beautiful wife. And you know what? As soon as you start having a grateful heart, those lies, they just start to seem like they don't have any power. Because God's showing you that if you have a thankful heart, then, then the rest of these lies don't have to matter. They don't have to count. So my, here's my trick. When you're, when you're struggling and you're spiraling and you're starting to buy into those things and those words that have been spoken over you are having more power, then you open up that gratitude box. And you know what? Just leave it open. You know, the other thing too, I heard, yeah, amen right there, brother. I love it. Thanksgiving isn't a holiday. It isn't a season. Thanksgiving is a way of life. Mm, that's good. That's good, I did right? not say that. Somebody way smarter than me said that. I just stole that. It was Michael Hyatt. He's a really smart guy. But anyways, I loved it. You guys, just to follow up on Greg, too, I think sometimes gratitude has to be fought for in community. You know, like, I think we want to fight for those words, and we want to get a hold of God's words over us, or um, just fight for gratitude. But I think if that's a difficult thing, then it's so important to get around people in community and um, go to God together for those words. You know, let someone speak things uh, over you that are true, that is God, um, you know, it's just important. It, we got to, fighting for gratitude alone can be difficult at times. I, I know, I was just, I don't know if this is on, but I was thinking the exact same thing because when I saw the words, when I came in and I saw the words kind of over everybody's head and there's words that have been spoken over us that have come, come to bring, um, just wreak havoc in our lives, there's also, what I also saw was the words that Jesus is speaking over each of you and the prayers and the promises and what really shook me up is I was just looking out when everybody was worshiping and just wondering how many words that parents have spoken over you and promises that he has spoken over you that haven't been fulfilled yet that God's going to do and how many words have the Lord spoken over you and what that looks like. So No, that word is a good point because I think um, – 
you know, John 10, 10, the enemy's mandate is to come to steal, to kill, and destroy, right? And Jesus comes to give us abundant life, and abundant life, I think, begins by getting his vision, you know, putting on his lens. But um, when Aaron talked about words, this is the thought. What, the lie that you're partnering with or that you're agreeing with or that you're thinking about, if you can think about that in the opposite context, you know, um, that's really what God's saying. You know, it, he, the enemy is an accuser, and sometimes that voice is easier to agree with, right? Because we, we probably can believe that about ourselves. You know what I mean? Like if he's like, oh, you're so... <laughs> Fill in the blank here. You're so, (laughs) you're so, you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with, it's, you just probably think, yeah, that's true. Like, like sometimes the enemy's lies are just so easy to agree with, but, but he's trying to come against the very word that God is actually speaking to you. Do you know what I mean? So if your beauty is under attack, you know, if the enemy's, um, or what, come on guys, what else? What is something that's like, yeah, unworthiness, you're really dealing with shame. It's probably because God is like really speaking, um, the adoption of his sons and daughters, you know, redemption. Like he is, he has a specific sweet word for you. So I think when you think about that lie, let's think about it in the context of like, no, I'm going to come against that in the opposite spirit. And that's the enemies after that word over your life for a reason. It's because God has spoken a better word, you know, and we have to get a hold of that one. That makes sense. Yeah. Alicia, you have something? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just have a story about that. So, um, yeah, I'm so grateful to be uh, just a part of a community of this amazing group of women. Um, And they've spoken so much life into me. And uh, Deanne had spoken um, some words over my life um, right before my husband and I um, went on a trip as a family. Um, We have a little boy. um, He's six months old. And um, some really cool stuff has been spoken over his life by these girls, too. Um, But... um, as we were flying into San Francisco, I just um, I just felt this worthlessness just come over me, just fall over me. And I just told my husband, I was like, I'm done. I'm done being a photographer. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and that's just not like me because it's what I'm passionate about. It's what I love to do. And Deanne had spoken some really beautiful things over, specifically over that in my life. And um, as we were walking through the airport, my husband was like, no, like I, like I bind that, like that's not true. And um, he was like, look at where we are, like this, the, the spiritual atmosphere here is one of like people don't want to work in San Francisco. And so like, um, so it was just um, really, it was just really interesting, just not interesting. I mean, Satan um, attacks anything that um, the Lord is just trying to do. Yeah. And so um, and so that was really huge for me and for my husband to be able to pinpoint that in, um, in me. He's just like, no, Deanne spoke these words over you just last week. Of course, the enemy is going to try and take those from you. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really have anything to say, but since I'm the only one up here that hasn't said anything, <laughs> now I feel like I kind of need to. Um, when Aaron had asked if I wanted to be on this panel, I was, my first idea was like, no way. I never want to go in front of people and have to actually say something. And I really started praying about like, Lord, what would I even say to these kids and stuff like that would have meaning to them. And really before, um, I mean, it kind of follows in and you'll think I'm just copying what they said, but it was the lies of Satan. And I just really felt like, you know, Satan wants to do anything he can to make us be stuck in 
the sin that we're in or yeah. the doubt and the shame in the problems that we have, like to do anything in our life to hold us down so tight that we cannot do or feel like we can't do anything for yeah. God. And he really has a perfect plan for where he really wants us to be. Yeah. And so it was just kind of that he was just walking me through some stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like everybody has doubts about what they can do. And mm -hmm. like really my doubt was that I could get up here and not cry just by having to say anything to you. And God gave me this verse and it just said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I will boast even more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Mm -hmm. And so... I just thought, you know what, even if I get up here and don't really say anything that is that important at all, my, this is my weakness of having to talk. And guess what? I'm doing it because Satan, you're full of lies and yeah. I'm not going to believe them anymore. And I'm stepping out and I'm going to take yeah. what you have for me to do, Lord, and I'm going to do it. Amen. Yeah. Not today, devil. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm out, I'm out. Drop the mic. Yeah, mic drop, yeah. Um, I totally really did spit on you a little bit, Al. No, I felt that. Uh -oh. I, I want to just pick up on something Alicia said, how the enemy really wants to keep us um, stuck. You know, that cycle of shame, and then we hide and then we're embarrassed, and then we can't, uh, we don't even repent, you know, we don't even bring our stuff into the light because of the shame and embarrassment. You guys, that is age old. I mean, you look at Genesis 3 with Adam and Eve, and the very first time they sin, what do they do? They hide, right? And we've been doing that for generations, you guys. It's, it's, it's the norm for us to sin against God and to feel shame and embarrassment and hide from him, you know, and that cycle, um, the cycle, I just felt like God wanted to bring breakthrough, you know, break that cycle tonight. And I love this verse in first Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has you except what is common to man. And our sin is common. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes when it's our personal sin, we, we just will feel embarrassed. We'll feel like, like no one else is struggling with it because I'll tell you why, because it's in the dark, right? And we feel alone when we're in the dark. And so it's common to hide. But it's so important um, It's so important to expose those things and get it into the light. And honestly, what's, once you do, and so many of you have, I mean, you, there's freedom there, right? God was talking to me about you guys on my drive up here, and I felt like he just had said, um, they came for freedom tonight. You know, he... He chose you to come tonight. Maybe you thought that you made your own choice or maybe you got here by accident, but, but God brought you here tonight for freedom. And I think specifically it's part of that just cycle needing to be broken. Um, it says that the kindness of God leads us to repentance. You know, when Don talked about like ex asking God to expose a lie every day, you guys, that's God's kindness that would lead us to want to know those things. You know, when we have the right lens of God, when we understand it's a gracious lens and it's a generous lens, and we know how he feels about his sons and daughters, we can ask God to reveal those things. And listen, if it's not good, if you're hearing it and it's not good, it's not God. You know, God speaks to us like a loving father. And it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt and it's not going to be difficult at times. 
Um, but it's gonna, it's the kindness of God that'll lead us into that repentance that'll bring us back into the light, right? We gotta know the kind of king we serve and the kind of God we have, and we gotta get our lens right with the loving and perfect and beautiful and generous Father. Amen. Yeah. Well, I had felt like um, we're going to have some just time for private prayer, you know, for you guys to come afterwards. I think um, just what we were talking about, there's words over us, like all of us, you know, and um, I imagine God's been stirring up mindsets and beliefs that you guys have partnered with. And we're just going to invite you guys up for prayer at some point. We'll just... We're going to do all the things. We're going to impart. We're going to renounce. We're going to confess. We're going to fill. We're going to do all the things, honestly. But if you guys leave here with nothing else, without that prayer, um, it really is our prayer that you leave knowing and understanding the generous and gracious lens of God and how he sees you tonight. We truly hope that you got so much out of this week's conversation and that the Lord is speaking truths over your life and that uh, you leave uh, wherever you're at right now as you if you spent some time listening to this conversation that you, that you feel full and you feel revitalized and you feel like you're full of life and ready to take on everything that the world would throw at you and know that you have a church family that loves you and that would love to see you on Tuesday nights if you can ever make it, but most importantly that you have a God who's willing to make himself small and walk next to you every step of the way. We love you and we will see you very, very soon.